Hey guys, it is 9 o'clock at night, three hours before this episode is supposed to go live, and uh, I've recorded an episode earlier, but I just, I hated it, so here I am, re-recording for all of you guys to have some quality content. Um, today is episode 6 of Rated L for Lore. I am your host, Ashley Day. And because there's a few hours between now and when this is supposed to go live, this episode is going to have minimal editing. And uh, I'm sorry. So I'm going to try to keep things as professional, succinct, um as organized as possible, but uh, we'll see how that turns out. Hopefully I can uh, minimize any uh, dead air so you don't have to just be listening to straight silence for like 30 seconds because uh, that's the stuff that you don't hear. That's the stuff that I cut out when I just uh, don't know what the fuck to say. So anyway, let's get into this episode. So for episode 6, I uh, did a poll on Facebook, so if you don't like the Facebook page, you should. It's at Rated L for Lore. Instagram is also at Rated L for Lore. Um, but anyway, I'll go through the socials at the end of the episode. That's the whole thing that I do at the end. So if you don't like the Facebook page, you should do that, so then you can participate in polls when I ask you what... I should cover in the coming weeks and whatnot, and I'll do polls for other things. Like, you just never know. Like, stay connected, man. Come on. So, in that poll, I gave you guys the option between Beyond Two Souls and Pokemon, and Pokemon won with, like, 84, 83, 86%, 80-some percent of people voted for Pokemon. So, we are going to be covering Pokemon today. More so, we are going to be covering Gen 1, so Pokemon Red and Blue, and I guess also technically Green and Yellow, because Pokemon Red and Green were the first two to come out in Japan, and then Pokemon Blue was the, like, special edition, and then in America, Pokemon Red and Blue came out, and then Yellow version was the special edition one. But also in Japan, Pokemon is called Pocket Monsters. So, there you go. We've all pretty much played Pokemon, right? Like, you know how the game is played. You're an 11-year-old boy or a 10-year-old boy. You're a 10-year-old boy. Jesus. You are a 10-year-old boy, an adult, ready to embrace the world and go on your Pokemon adventure to become the very best that no one ever was. To catch them is your real test. To train them is your cause. Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Um, But more specifically than talking about Pokemon Gen 1 today, we are going to be talking about Lavender Town. So remember last week when I said that talking about creepypastas isn't out of scope for this podcast and that might be a thing that I do. 
Well, that's what we're doing today. I'm reading several creepypastas pertaining to Lavender Town. There are quite a few, so I figured I'll just read through all of them and then give my thoughts based on personal experience and some scientific-y stuff that I know. So, uh, let's just jump into it. <laughs> so the first little creepypasta that I'll be reading to you is titled Lavender Town Syndrome. The Lavender Town Syndrome, also known as Lavender Town Tone or Lavender Town Suicides, was a peak in suicides and illness of children between the ages of 7 and 12, shortly after the release of Pokemon Red and Green in Japan back in February 27, 1996. Rumors say that these suicides and illness only occurred after the children playing the game reached Lavender Town, whose theme music had extremely high frequencies. That studies showed that only children and young teens can hear, since their ears are more sensitive. Due to the lavender tone, at least 200 children supposedly committed suicide, and many more developed illnesses and afflictions. The children who committed suicide usually did so by hanging or jumping from heights. Those who did not acted irrationally complained of severe headaches after listening to Lavender Town's theme. If there are any, like, obvious typos that I'm saying, note, I'm just reading these creepypastas word for word, and some of them have very poor grammar. Although Lavender Town now sounds differently depending on the game, this mass hysteria was caused by the first Pokemon game released. After the Lavender Tone incident, the programmers had fixed Lavender Town's theme music to be at a lower frequency, and since children were no longer affected by it. One video appeared in 2010 using special software to analyze the audio of Lavender Town's music. When played, the software created images of the unknown near the end of the audio. This raised a controversy since the unknown didn't appear until Generation 2 games Silver, Gold, and Crystal. The unknown translate to Leave Now. There is also the said beta version of Lavender Town. It is said that the beta version of Pocket Monsters was released to some kids to test the games. This, and then it links a video of the beta version of Lavender Town. So, that is the first Lavender Town related creepypasta. So, now there is this other one that I will read titled Lavender Town Mysteries, Missing Frequencies, and Lavender Town Syndrome, or LTS for short. So, the phenomena of the Lavender Town tone is a legend that involves a bizarre spate of medical cases and deaths from around the country that have been connected to the Pocket Monsters or Pokemon game series, in particular the first two games of the series Red and Green. Though the event is largely, largely unheard of due to disclosure laws for companies based in the Kyoto Prefecture, there is a large amount of information that has been brought into the open by a number of dedicated individuals, including Seiki Uchitara, Issei Mitsumoto, and Sato Harue, to whom this page is dedicated. So thanks go out. So then there's some thanks that go out to Ando. Kagetara, who provided images and some gifts of the visual phenomena. This analysis will discuss the other phenomena that is often confused with the Lavender Town tone, known as White Hand Sprite, Ghost Animation, and Buried Alive model, as well as the semi-related developer tag that was inserted into the game 
and how to safely perform these Easter eggs in post-first wave cartridges. Okay, so the history of the game that this creepypasta gives is the first case of the Lavender Town Tone and associated events were reported a few months after the release of Pocket Monsters Red and Green for the handheld Game Boy video game console. These video games were widely popular with children between the ages of 7 and 12, their core demographic, which was no doubt one of the reasons why the Lavender Town Tone had the level of severity that it did. In the game, the player takes on the role of a trainer whose task is to capture, tame, and train wild creatures called Pocket Monsters, or Pokemon, for battle. These games, and the two newest additions to the series, Pocket Monsters Gold and Silver, an anime, manga, figures, and a collectible card game, and home console games, have resulted in Pocket Monsters becoming a multi-billion dollar franchise, which we all know. <laughs> in one part of the game, the trainer comes to a small, out-of-the-way place called Lavender Town. This town is one of the smallest hamlets in the game, aside from the trainer's own hometown, and possesses very few of the services available to the trainer in every other city in the game. Indeed, the location would be unremarkable were it not for the Pokemon Tower, located there, which is a colossal building that holds the graves of hundreds of deceased Pokemon. It is theorized that, because of the, this location in the game, at least 200 children lost their lives and many more developed sudden illnesses and afflictions. And this does not occur... This does not consider the vast waves of unreported illness or deaths whose cause went unnoticed. So, the history of the pathology. It was not until spring and summer of 1996 that the cases that would eventually become linked to the Lavender Town Tone began to surface. The earliest record of the acknowledgement of the effects of the Lavender Town Tone that the author could find came from an internal report made in June 1996 by the company Game Freak, which was then leaked by one of the former employees, Ms. Seto Harui. Harue. In it, an employee gives a list of names, dates, and symptoms, records of children between the ages of 7 and 12 who had suffered various medical problems as a result of playing Pocket Monsters Red and Green versions. Some of the rest records are listed below with a full listing in Appendix A. It should be noted that the entries in, in the appendix also include symptoms born not from the Lavender Town Tone, an audio phenomenon, but from the so-called White Hand Sprite, Ghost Animation, and Buried Alive model, all of which were visual phenomena that provoked similar but distinct symptoms. So, April 12th, 1996, the subject displayed obstructive sleep apnea, severe migraines, and tinnitus. May 23rd, 1996, there's general irritability, insomnia, addiction to video game, nosebleeds, with developed into violent streaks against others and eventually himself. Another subject for April, on April 27th, 1996, developed cluster headaches, irritability, eventually took mixed painkillers, and a subject on March 4th, 1996, had migraines, sluggish and slow behavior, and unresponsiveness developed into deafness and went missing body discovered beside road april 20th 1996 and all of these different people were aged 11 or 12 or 7. so the document was circulated internally and was the first time that these incidents had been connected with the pocket monsters video games until then the cause had not been discovered or diagnosed by medical professionals Indeed, it is uncertain how the company themselves managed to find the cases related to the event without seeking advice from health services. So then, pathology detail, the Lavender Town Tone. The predominant symptoms related to what would become known as the Lavender Town Tone included 
headaches and migraines, bleeding from eyes and ears, mood swings and irritability, addiction to the games, unprovoked violence, withdrawal and unresponsiveness, and in approximately 67% of cases, suicidal tendencies. However, these symptoms only manifested in children between the ages of 7 and 12 years old who had reached the area in the game known as Lavender Town, most of whom were revealed to have been wearing headphones or earphones while playing the game. As it turns out, the developers of the Lavender Town area had sought to make an area that would leave an impression on the player, according to Seki Uchitara, who was a member of the development team. Seki claimed that it, at the time of the development, a number of the team were interested in making Lavender Town a little different to the rest of the game. The Pokemon Tower is a visible result of that, Seki told Game Dimensions magazine in an interview earlier this year. That and the fact that Lavender Town is so different from all the other cities in the game. It is smaller, it has fewer people occupying it, it didn't have a gym, and of course, the music was very, very eerie. In fact, in the first version of the game, we were told to slightly change the song played in the background of Lavender Town because our manager told us it would make children upset. The music used in subsequent versions is different. Either Seki was unaware of the full impact of the Lavender Town tone, or was vastly underst or was vastly understated how upset children would get. No more is said of the music in the article, but there are mentions of Lavender Town's other macabre features. What Seki failed to disclose to Game Dimensions magazine was that the music used in the first wave release of Pocket Monsters Red and Green was formulated out of an experiment in binaural, is how I'm going to say that word, beats using slightly different frequencies of sound. Each frequency played in one ear through earphones or headphones, various psychological effects can be induced upon the listener. In most versions of the first wave releases, this resulted in the player feeling uneasy, apprehensive, and mildly disturbed. However, for upwards of 200 children, it provoked a variety of disturbances in the brain that went undetected purely because it was undetectable by fully developed human ears. Instead, only children fell victim to the tones, resulting in psychological and physiological problems that in some cases led to death, many of which were suicides. So the pathology detail visual overview. So these visual effects are known among programming circles as the white hand sprite, the ghost animation, and the buried alive model. Each has been found to cause headaches, nausea, and in severe cases, hemorrhaging of the brain and lungs. Ugh, that's not good. While around 70% of Lavender Town Syndrome is due to the lavender tone, the remaining percentage is split among these visual phenomena. This is partially due to the visual stimuli occurring after the player is introduced to the lavender tone. It has been theorized that those unaffected by the oral stimulation, such as the deaf or hard of hearing, make up the remaining 30%. While viewing these models can cause these effects, there are certain methods that allow a viewer to safely examine them in detail. So the white hand sprite, known in the code as whitehand.gif, yes, it's gif, not jif, fight me, send me an email about it, I'll fight you, ooh, <laughs> sorry. So this was scripted to appear as a Pokemon on the third floor of the Lavender Tower. It is divided into four separate animations, an introduction, the cry a Pokemon unleashes before a battle, an idol, and two attacks. These attacks are unknown as they are listed simply as fist and brutal. While viewing the animation has been proven to be hazardous, viewing the frames of the model has been proven to have no adverse effects. The white hand is depicted as a shriveled, slightly decayed hand with surprising attention to detail. 
flesh is peeling back from the bone, and several tendons dangle realistically out of the wrist. The first attack is the hand falling into a fist, then swinging forward. However, the brutal animation is missing several frames. The hand seems to open up, then cuts out. After a few seconds, it reappears, closed again. No record has been found of these missing frames. Note, this sprite is mentioned by the girl next to the Pokemon Tower when you hit no to her question, if you think ghosts exist. She says, Ha ha ha, I guess not. That white hand on your shoulder, it's not real, but is simply a hoax. It has never actually existed. So also in this article, there is at least an artist rendition of the white hand sprite and it's really small but i'll try to find a bigger version and if i do i'll put that in any other like pictures and stuff that i find on instagram at rated l for lore on instagram <laughs> so the ghost animation the ghost animation coded as haunting.swf was intended to be placed in several areas throughout the tower including in the center of a path on the second floor however players can cannot interact with it, leaving many to believe that it was intended as a background feature. The ghost animation as well must be viewed in individual frames. It is comprised of 59 frames total. However, after extraction, around half of these frames have been revealed to be the standard ghost model used in pocket monsters. Around a quarter of the remaining fr frames are comprised of static to produce a fading effect. However, Interspersed with these bursts of static are several frames of screaming faces, along with images of a skeletal man in a cloak, hypothesized to be the Grim Reaper, and of several killed corpses. The meaning behind these are unknown. While under oath before the Video Game Commission Board, lead programmer Hisashi Sogabe testified to, as to having no knowledge as to where these images surfaced. Out of all the phenomena associated with LTS, this animation is the most speculated on in the, his thesis, video games and the manipulation of the human mind. Dr. Jackson Turner argued that the images were intentionally placed in. Due to their brief time appearing on the screen and the graphic nature of the frames, Turner theorized that these were meant to subliminally influence players into becoming more frightened by the disturbing surroundings. So then there is the buried alive model, often referred to as its code the Berryman script, the Buried Alive model was to be found on the final story of the Pokemon Tower, in what has now been replaced with the Marowak Ghost. According to the scripts assigned to it, the Buried Alive model was intended to be the boss of the tower. Once reaching the top floor, the following conversation would have taken place. So, so the Buried Alive model would have said, you're here, I'm trapped. And I'm lonely. So very lonely. Won't you join me? Ugh, that's creepy. <laughs> After this, the battle would have been initiated. Once in battle view, the buried alive model appears to be a decaying human corpse attempting to crawl out of the ground. It has been programmed to have two white hands, a Gengar and a Muck. Strangely enough, a protocol for the buried alive actions after it was defeated were not written. In the case of the player defeating him, the game would freeze. However, a specific ending was written by an unknown programmer upon losing the battle. In this ending, the buried alive was to have stated, Finally, fresh meat, followed by several lines of gibberish. He was to have dragged the player character into the ground surrounding him. The scene would finish with a typical game over screen. However, in the background, an image of the buried alive character devouring the player was to have been shown. That is horribly creepy.
Especially strange are the protocols for after this scene. The cartridge was to download this image to the small internal memory contained in the Game Boy, overriding the title screen that normally accompanied a Game Boy turning on. Instead, whenever it was started, the player would view this image as the sound file static mesh.wave was played. The intended purpose for this is for this effect, unlike many of the other factors leading towards LTS, is unknown. See, now this is where I have an issue, because all of this sounds good and fine and, like, actually probable until you get to this whole thing where the de developers programmed a screen like this. I don't even think that was possible with the Game Boy, like, in the first place. Also, that just seems creepy for a very small part of the game. Like, that I don't understand. There's an author's note at the end of this, though, that says, everything listed here is completely true, for all from official findings. Earlier, I also found other information regarding the makers of the sound files and how they committed suicide, but I can't find it anywhere. That's a red flag for this actually being true. I searched around multiple Google pages, forums, and even my browser history, and that information is nowhere to be found. If anyone has any more information regarding the Pokemon Green or Red versions before recall in Japan, please let me know so I may be able to tell the world. See, that's, this is the whole thing, is this is creepy, yes, it sounds official, and, like, I could almost believe that it were true up until, like, that last story about the buried alive, uh, buried alive model. It just, it all sounds almost true, but then it kind of ruins it. And, I don't know, search for yourself if this is true. I don't have time to right now, and I don't really plan on it. But if you find any, like, official things that actually corroborate what this one creepypasta says, please send them to ratedlforlore at gmail.com, because I am interested. I just don't have the time, and once this episode is over, I don't really plan on talking about Lavender Town all that much, unless an update is provided. So, uh, if you find anything, if you're so inclined to do so, please send it on over to ratedelfalore at gmail.com. So, there's another... Okay, so here's another creepypasta about Lavender Town. I'm probably going to be re repeating some of the same information, so uh, bear with me. I'll kind of speed on through it because I don't want to bore you guys. But this is a genu gen genuinely creepy theory, and I will speak more on like my personal thing with it once I'm done reading through these. So this creepypasta is titled Lavender Town and Pokemon 731. So, decoding the mystery of Lavender Town Syndrome and the Lavender Tone. In the red and green versions of the Pokemon video game for the Nintendo Game Boy system, there have been reported rumors circulating the internet of Lavender Town Syndrome. The phenomenon is described as occurring when the player is within Lavender Town, a small area with a paranormal theme including ghosts, ghost-themed Pokemon, and a tower constructed for the purpose of housing deceased Pokemon. The music in the area, which was late, later quickly changed for a second release, contains venereal beats which can induce psych psychological effects on the listener. These subtle beats comprise the so-called Lavender Town tone. So that's just from the last thing that I read about the different 
effects like insomnia, irritability, migraines, bleeding from the eyes and nose, blah, 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 all these horrifying things. And then back to the original stuff. So hundreds of Japanese children fell victim to these effects, many of them committing suicide eventually. As you can see, these binarial beats lead to many problems, including symptoms of brain hemorrhaging and violent actions against other. The article also mentions a ghost animation which appears throughout the tower. It supposedly displays static pictures of screaming faces, the Grim Reaper, and photographs of corpses along with the standard ghost model itself. While the rest of the paragraph itself is fiction, no such games commission board ever held the programmers on trial. See, that's what I thought. That makes sense. There is some truth behind this ghost animation. Okay, interesting. This is the fun thing about reading these together and apparently me choosing the correct order to read them in. In the recalled first edition of the game in which the Lavender Town Tone is president, president, <laughs> for 2020, Lavender Town Tone is ready for president. It has my vote. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> in which the Lavender Town Tone was present, hidden in the game's code is an unar- Unnamed Poke- Unarmed Pokemon? Jesus Christ, it's not even that late. Hidden in the game's code is an unnamed Pokemon only identified by its assigned number, 731. Which, that also seems a little suspect to me just because there's only 150 Pokemon in Gen 1. But, the Pokemon can only be found in two places. One is depicted in Figure 1, Route 7. The th- 31st tile of grass which is boxed with red in the picture okay so there's a picture i'll put this on instagram has a 100 percent chance of entering a battle with pokemon 731 it is unknown whether this is due to the game's code itself or it was purposely put there by programmers another way to find it is to use the missing no glitch the missing no glitch involves having an old man show you how to catch a pokemon due to old man taking the place of your character's name in the game's memory your character's name is moved to the memory, which determines what wild Pokemon are shown. On C- Cinnabar Island, there is a narrow strip of land in which wild Pokemon can be caught, but it has no specific Pokemon assigned to it. Therefore, a Pokemon which corresponds to the hex value of your name will appear. If your character is named GCA, in lowercase letters, you will encounter Pokemon 731. The Pokemon itself is strange in nature. It does in- indeed use the ghost sprite along with some flashing static. However, about 20 frames in, it becomes a flashing series of low-quality pictures. Two of the clearest ones have been included, which are in this, which I will include on Instagram. So, figure two appears to be a man standing over a table upon which something hard to identify. A corpse, perhaps. That's pretty presumptuous. Also, I haven't seen these pictures, so I don't know. Ress. He has his hands on it this unknown object and also has what may be a surgical mask over his mouth. This this strengthens the theory that it is a body in the frame. Figure 3 appears to be a low resolution image of a building, the significance of which will be explained later. Figure 4 is possibly one of the strangest images, a picture of the imperial Japanese flag with the two kanji symbols that mean emperor in the bottom right corner. Other frames of the animation that can be made out include more images of doctors, corpses, and buildings. The theme from Lavender Town plays the whole time during this battle, although accelerated three times. In one attempt, If one attempts to catch the Pokemon, the game will freeze. After restarting, the title screen of the game will have been modified, displaying only static, and the tone accelerated 
to the blistering pace of 10%. See, these are the things that just make these creepypastas lose any kind of credibility that it might have had. Because I just, I don't think that was possible. Maybe it is. Like, just let me know if it is. But I don't think so. <laughs> so what Pope is... Popus. Oh my god. I'm completely sober. It's not that late. Why can't I talk? Jeez. <laughs> what is the purpose of this Pokemon? What is the significance of the number 731? Were the bin bin binaural beats com comprising the Lavender Town tone inserted into the music on purpose? The answers require a look at some of the staff of Game Freak, the company which developed the game for Nintendo. Game Freak, a Japanese video game developer founded in 1989 by Satoshi Tajiri, created the Pokemon series. Shin Nakamura, who was married Sato Harui with a six-year-old child, Ken Nakamura, who worked there as a programmer. Miss Harui, who leaked the list of children affected by the Lavender Tone, was trained in musical skills and in charge of sound design. In order to gather more information on the subject, I traveled to Japan to interview Miss Harue, who now lives in the small town of Toma in the Kamikawa district of the Hokkaido prefecture. Initially unwilling to answer my questions, she finally relented and gave me the information I desired. The reason she had leaked the list of children was partially due to personal guilt. Mr. Nakamura had asked to tweak the Lavender Town theme. Miss Harue accepted, and Mr. Nakamura added the tone, telling Miss Harue that he decided it was, it was fine as it was, as it was, and did not add anything. Because the tone is not audible for those over the age of twelve, Miss Harue believed Mr. Nakamura. In the middle of the night after the game was released, Mr. Nakamura committed suicide in the Akigohara forest by hanging himself on a tree, leaving a letter addressed to Miss Harue below him. Their son, Ken, was killed in an automobile accident down the road from their house, naked with several cracked ribs, frothing at the mouth, and heavily bleeding from his nose due to brain hemorrhage. The two kanji symbols for Emperor were also carved into his chest. The story that Miss Harue told me was that while Ken was sleeping, Mr. Nakamura put headphones on his son and played the lavender tone, then left. Eventually, their son woke up and, due to the effects of the tone, cut the symbols into himself with a kitchen knife and then attempted to attack the passengers of a nearby car. Frightened, they ran him, ran over him, then drove off. Unfortunately, her story was not accepted by police, although the bloody kitchen knife was present in his bedroom. Miss Harui has agreed to allow me to release a revealing passage from Mr. Nakamura's letter with the rest of, with the rest omitted due to personal reasons. It is as follow. It is as follows. Dear Satoi, section omitted. Tonight is the eve of a new era for Japan, a new emperor of which I am responsible. I cannot, however, linger to see my creation unfold within the coming months. Visions of my father's work haunt me. Brief section omitted. Our dear Ken will be the first martyr for this for the empire, followed by many other children as our disgraceful society collapses, uprooted by its own young. A phoenix will rise from the ashes, the second great imperial Japanese nation. And the rest of the letter is omitted. This passage makes it obvious that Mr. Nakamura's goal is to create a second great imperial Japanese nation by using the newly released Pokemon games. He hoped that the Lavender Tone, which causes violence against the victims themselves and others, would turn all of the children who purchased the game into warriors for the Empire. But what explains the pictures of the ghost animation and what was his father's work? Unit 731 was a secretive unit of the Japanese army under the Emperor of Japan during World War II. 
It was dedicated to biological and chemical research, also delving into human experimentation. It is infamous for its many war crimes. It consisted of several divisions. Division 1, research on bubonic plague, cholera, anthrax, typhoid, and tuberculosis. Oh my goodness. Tuberculosis. I can't, I can't talk. TB. TB. Tuberculosis. There we go. Ooh. Okay. I can speak. Using live human subjects. For this purpose, a prison was constructed to contain around three to 400 people. Division 2 is for research for biological weapons used in the field, in particular the production of devices to spread germs and parasites. Division, Division 3 was production of shells containing biological agents stationed in Harbin. Division 4 was production of other miscellaneous agents. Division 5 was training of personnel. And Division 6 through 8 were for equipment, medical, and administrative units. Under Division 4 worked Hoshu Nakamura, the father of Shin Nakamura, according to Miss Harue. He was a very conservative man, had an imperial flag on his wall, and followed all traditions. He was stuck in the former half of the century. If we delve further into records, we find that Hoshu Nakamura worked in Division 4. He held the title of Director of Experimentation Relating to Audio Engineering. From here, we can only speculate what, what responsibilities that title held, but one can guess that the lavender tone was engineered there between the screams of vivisected patients and the smoke of burning bodies. Now recall figures 2 and 3, which I also have not seen as figure Two pictures a man in a surgical mask holding a body. It was likely taken by Mr. Nakamura himself at the facility. Figure 3 looks similar to the main entrance to the facility. We can gather that the rest of the photos are patients of Unit 731 and buildings of the facility. The effects themselves were certainly not as great as Mr. Nakamura hoped. There is no second Japanese empire, but only a few hundred Japanese children who died in fits of insane rage against government officials and themselves. He is responsible for this is mainly thanks to the quick actions of Miss Harue and Game Freak at removing the tone and the secret code and images which Mr. Nakamura imp implemented into the game. Mr. Nakamura also neglected to foresee that these effects were hardly present at all without the use of headphones during the Lavender Town segment specifically. The quiet and fast recall by Nintendo is also a contributing factor. Pokemon continues to be a popular worldwide series of video games. Sadly, the government, possibly by request of Nintendo, has neglected to acknowledge the connection between the lost children and the Pokemon games. The information Miss Harue leaked has been all but erased from any records. Only one copy of the list remains at her home. And then he thanks her, and then updates that she died, and in... And... I can't... Okay, so now I'm going to look at the pictures and I'll kind of uh, describe what they look like unless... There's... The pictures aren't on here. I'll have to do some digging and find these pictures. You know how I said I wasn't going to have any dead air because I'm really not going to have time to edit this? I just left some straight up dead air. I'm the worst. <laughs> Sorry. I'm typing in to try to find... Oh, that's 
a creepy picture, but totally not related to that. Okay. Okay. I have found the pictures, or at least one of them. Okay, I found a picture of Pokemon 731. But the other pictures aren't here. Okay, I'm going to do some more digging. <laughs> because I'm curious, and I bet y'all are curious as well. I think I have one more Lavender Town Creepypasta to read to you guys. And then I shall leave you for the week. I read that one. I read that one. There is a, another one. I saw it before. This is what happens when you have to re-record and you're not prepared. Okay. Let's just get them. That seems like one. There's a lot of really good creepy pastas for Pokemon. So I could read more of these. Are you guys even into me doing creepy pastas? I hope so because that's this whole episode, but we'll see. Okay, so I actually have a few more, but I think they're all pretty short. Yeah, so here's one specifically on the ghost animation. There is a picture of the model here and I will be putting pictures of all this stuff that I can find at least on Instagram for you guys to see they'll also be on Facebook and I'll link to my Instagram post on Twitter so you can just find it wherever okay so the ghost animation coded as that as haunting.swf was intended to be placed in several areas throughout the tower including the center of a path on the second floor However, players cannot interact with it, leaving many to believe it was supposed to be a background feature. Okay, and that's just legit what I already read. Okay, so then there's another one titled The Hand on My Shoulder. Is this even related to... Nope, this isn't even related. Technically, this is related to it, but this is seriously just a written like short story about that girl next to the tower in Lavender Town saying that there is a hand on your shoulder if you tell her that you don't believe in ghosts so that doesn't matter all right so here's a good one uh, that's another dramatization and here's one titled The White Hand Sprite, which is literally the same thing that I've read before. So here's here's a good one, and this is going to be the last one that I leave you with, that is titled The Japanese Pokemon Red and the Lavender Town Syndrome slash Interview. So, Lavender Town Red. This song is labeled as Hidoi in, in the coding which means horrible or cruel and can only be heard in the very early Japanese release of Pocket Monsters Red. It is not in the green version's coding at all, suspecting that green would sell less. Oh, suspecting that green would sell less, Satoshi Tajiri told the music coders to only put this song in the red version. It was only added in the game to be an annoyance, that's all, Satoshi said in 
in an interview, I didn't mean for it to do what it did. He continued nervously. When asked what the exact purpose of the song was, he stated, Before the two games were released, we figured that the red version would sell more because children preferred the color red over green. I never understood why. Red is a violent, angry color. It is the color of blood. Why would anyone like that color? Green is much more peaceful. It is the color of leaves, grass, and certain bugs. He shook his head and laughed. I'm sorry for ranting. Anyways, we wanted the game to sell equally, or at least as close as possible. We put Hidoi in red to annoy the... To annoy the children that bought this version. The annoying song would become word of mouth, you see? He smiled nervously. The children would go to their school friend and say, Do not buy the red version. It gets kind of annoying later on, Satoshi said with a laugh. He then looked serious. Did I mention that I don't like red? Was the last thing he heard on the interview... Oh, hello, Google notification. Goodbye, Google notification. All right, it was the last thing heard on the interview recording before the tape ran out. In a separate interview with Ken Sugimori, the art director of the Pocket Monsters game, he was also inquired about the Hidoi music. I just designed characters and monsters, that is all. I know nothing about the music you speak of, I'm sorry to say, he said calmly. Are red and green chosen as the colors for the games? The interviewer could be heard faintly. Ken Sugimori laughed a little. Actually, did you know they weren't originally supposed to be Pocket Monsters red and green? It was in fact meant to be one game only, and it was going to be Pocket Monsters Stripes. A little odd, I know, but Satoshi loves stripes for some reason. It was later decided that the game would sell more if there were two separate copies with some differences in them, and that if it were n named after colors. He then started to speak a bit nervously. Well, we left it up to Satoshi to pick the colors. He said he would only pick one and let the staff pick the other. He said one version would be green. The rest of the staff voted for red. Ken then could be heard coughing. Excuse me. Anyways, the staff wanted red to be the second color. Satoshi was not happy to say the least with the staff's choice. He was furious. He just doesn't like red, I guess. I felt so guilty because my vote was the tiebreaker between blue and red. He started mumbling and then changed the subject slightly. This is why there was a blue version released later on. A childhood friend of Satoshi Tajiri's who wished to remain anonymous said the following. I've been a longtime friend of Satoshi. We have known each other since around the age of seven or eight. He offered to let me work on his dream game and I jumped at the opportunity to do so. I only worked on the game briefly, though before leaving the staff due to Satoshi's overreacting, overreacting over the choice to make the second game red. I had told the staff while voting not, to not choose red, but the staff did not listen and I refused to give a reason why to not choose the particular color. However, there is a reason, a horrible reason, as to why he hates the color red. As a child, Satoshi was a bit odd and a bit behind the other children in school. He would always be made fun of and I felt bad for him, so this is why I let him be my friend at first. But later on, when we learned that we liked to collect insects, this was when we became very close. As we got a little bit older, I became less interested in insect collecting, but Satoshi was more interested in it than ever. He was almost obsessed with bugs, I would say. The bullying got even worse for him. In fact, there was a makeshift gang of bullies at the school named the Rocket Reds. They took pleasure in tormenting my dear friend, calling him names, pushing him around, the typical childhood bully stuff. One day he had come to school with a small bowl full of water. He walked up to me and showed off a half-grown tadpole he had caught. I'm going to name it Nerozo. Do you think that is a good name? I agreed with him. It was a it was a great name. I hope it grows up into a frog, was the last thing he said before the Rocket Reds gang leader, Sakaki, pushed the bowl out of his hand. The bowl, being made of glass, instantly smashed into pieces when it hit the ground. Satoshi cut himself on the broken glass as he desperately tried to pick up Nerozo from the ground. 
Sakaki pushed him out of the way and stomped on the tadpole, instantly killing it. Sakaki laughed cruelly and wiped the blood and guts off his shoe and on the ground. Little Satoshi, you're always playing with the stupid bugs and frogs. What do you think this is, some kind of make-believe monster world and you're their masters? Grow up already, he said before walking off. His hands on the ground were covered in red blood. He sat there on the ground for a while, shaking. He wasn't crying. He made no noises for a while. He eventually stood up and muttered to himself, Yuck, shouldn't have looked. Alright, so I guess this is a good, like, origin. But, I don't know. It just seems like something completely made up for the sake of, uh, I don't know, adding something to give more weight to the Lavender Town theory. Actually, when I was like 13 or 14, I was really into creepypastas, and when I came across the Lavender Town one, I bought an original blue version from Japan, so I have a copy of Pocket Monsters Blue, and I remember listening with headphones for like a half hour just to try to see if the Lavender Town tone was real. Now, I can't verify that any of this is true just because all the information I'm getting is from creepypastas, but if they did take it out in the blue version or it was only in the red version, that would make sense as to why I didn't hear anything. I also don't think it was a first edition or like one of the first released ones just solely based on the fact that I got it for like maybe 15 bucks or like 20 or something like that for like cheap for, you know, an original Pocket Monsters game. But I do still have it somewhere, so I'll try to find it, and I'll put a picture of that on Instagram, too, because I think that'd be pretty cool to show you guys. And, uh, I guess that's all I have for you. Let me know what you think about this Lavender Town theory, if any of the creepypastas have weight. Again, if you find anything corroborating any of this, I want to know, because I'm curious. But... I don't know. I don't think a lot of, like, the corroborating evidence besides just the tone's kind of creepy and can give you headaches. I remember getting a headache after listening to that for a while. I mean, I just kind of sat there and listened for, like, a half hour straight, which probably wasn't recommended or meant to happen because it is a small part of the game. But, uh, yeah, I'll put those pictures on Instagram at RatedLforLore. You can also find them on Facebook, participate in polls, check out some other stuff. Also at Rated L for Lore on Facebook, and then you can also follow me on Twitter at 4 underscore lore. Send in suggestions, some even some like fan art or like creepypastas, submissions, anything to RatedLforLore at gmail.com. If you like today's episode or any of the other episodes, make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts that lets you review my podcast. You can listen to any previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, really anywhere you listen to podcasts. There's also a YouTube channel for it. And, uh, yeah, I think that covers it. This has been episode six, definitely a longer one. I know I, I hope that this is as interesting to you as it was to me. And I'll see you guys next week for episode seven gonna send you out with the Lavender Town tone for a little bit. Just a little short thing. Because that seems appropriate. See you next week. <laughs>